indecision is a decision to neglect your gift to lead. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We're back, and today we're sponsored by nobody. Like you, I'm not going to tell you what I sleep on. I'm not going to tell you what I wear, and I'm not going to tell you what I put in my hair. I mean, because nobody's sponsoring us right now. I'm with my brand new co-host, Cole. Cole, say hey to everybody. What's up, y'all? Tell us a little bit. But where, where are you from, Cole? I'm from Indiana. Um, I'm down here now in the South. Down here, meaning you're in South Carolina. Uh-huh. The upstate South Carolina. Student ministry pastor here at Second Chance Church. And your wife is currently pregnant. Exactly. I, 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 had, I struggled there for a second. First, <laughs> I didn't know what well, you wanted me you to say. pretty much had something to do with it. So, and, and a little baby, bit. baby Bash, that's what we're calling him. Baby uh-huh. Bash is due when? March the 9th. March the First 9th. child. So pray for Cole and Addie as they're getting ready to have their first child in addition to their two dogs, Preacher and Jax. Jax. All right. I'm excited about this, Cole. This is our first podcast together, and today we're going to talk about five lessons I learned leading through COVID, and you you and Addie were here for all of the COVID craziness, and so, um, and I know there's so many leaders out there that learned and if they're like me they're still learning but um let's let's dive into these and 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 talk about the lessons that I learned and I'd love to hear anything you want to add yeah yeah um number 1 um you have down here uncertainty is the reason we need leadership talk about that well when covid hit um i had no idea what to do and how to handle it from like a church standpoint so I was watching on television um, Donald Trump, um, our governor, McMaster, and the thing that I saw that I had in common with them is they didn't know what to do either because the last time there was any sort of global pandemic was the Spanish flu in the 1918, 1919, 1920. And, you know, they didn't have the internet back then, Cole. So we can't like go back and figure out how churches dealt with that, much less governments or whatever. Um, and so I, I began to get really insecure. Maybe I shouldn't say anything, but uncertainty is the, actually the reason we need leadership. And so I wasn't a great source of information for people when it came to economics. I wasn't a great source of information when it came to um, politics or even health, but there was so much spiritual uncertainty during that time. Like, how could God let this happen? And and if is I, this the end of the world? Is, <laughs> yes, we got that question <laughs> so much. The time. Um, am I going to die? Um, will I go to heaven if I die? You know, just <laughs> uh, should I follow the government's mandate? Um, in some states, I had some pastors reach out to me going. They're shutting down the church. What what should we do? And so I just, for me, I understood that as a leader, when there's a time of uncertainty, that's when people need the most clarity out of you. And so you, even when you don't know all the information, you've got to 
lead. And then if you get it wrong, make course adjustments. But that's the reason uncertainty is the reason we need leadership. Yeah. I even specifically remember you back. I don't even remember when it was, but you saying like, you know, no one knows what to do and somebody has to go first. Yes. And I think that in those moments and those decisions, and I don't, we might get to some of that here in a little bit, but I, I, I look back and I think, man, that, those are some areas we actually did really well is just leaning in to the uncertainty, not knowing what's going to happen and saying, we'll, we'll go first. Somebody has to jump, you know, think about this. S- somebody had to be the first person to try out the parachute. <laughs> somebody wouldn't be me. Uh, you know, maybe, I don't know. And now that I'm older, I'm like, screw it, man, let's, let's give it a shot. But Somebody had to try that out. And so at the end of the day, they were uncertain. And uh, I hadn't done the research and not sure I really want to, but maybe it didn't go so well for those first few attempts. But at the end of the day, I figured I've got a limit. As a leader, you'll never have all the information you need. Mm -hmm. Never. When leaders say, I'm waiting for all the information to come in, basically you just told me, I don't want to make a decision, so I'm stalling. And that, that's not me cracking on other people. That's me telling on myself. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you'll die before you get all the information. <laughs> yeah, you'll never have all the information. The only person that knew all the information was Jesus. Yeah. I have Jesus in me. Well, that's great, but he's not <laughs> going to give you all the information. So, let's, yeah. you know, just, just go with it. Just go with it. So that's great. Um, down here, I'm reading down here, number two, the, the second reason or second lesson that you learned through leading through COVID um, is that you cannot please everyone. Oh my gosh. We had a lot of this. Oh man. Um, so after about 12 weeks, um, we decided, okay, we need to open back up. Now it's different for every state, but in South Carolina, the church was not, the church is considered essential. Um, and so we technically, by law, never had to close. However, because they were canceling things like the NCAA basketball tournament that year, they were canceling uh, or they were doing something different with the NBA playoffs. I was, that's where I went, okay, somebody's losing a lot of money, which means this thing is serious, which means we need to lean in. So we suspended in-person services for about, um, well, we did it indefinitely at first. We didn't, we didn't know how long we were going to do it. But after about six weeks, we began the conversation of how do we, um, how do we, you know, should we start again? And then after about 12 weeks, we just said, hey, let, let's do it. And you know what? Some people were happy and some people were not. Some people wanted people to wear masks. Or some people wanted us to make masks mandatory. Other people were okay with um, making masks you know, optional. Some people wanted to mask their cars in the parking lot. Uh, I've always told people in church world, church is the most difficult place to please everyone. You could stand at the back of your church this Sunday and give away $100 bills to everybody leaving the church. And somebody would look at you and say, do you know how hard it is to break a hundred? Why couldn't you give me five twenties? It's so true, man. This is, this is so ridiculous. And and so it's okay, I think, in the name of Jesus to um, lay hands on those people in a non-charismatic way, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. So at, at the end of the day, when you're making a decision, um, if, if you've 
I heard somebody say this the other day, and it was so good, is leadership is disappointing people at a rate at which they can handle it. I forgot who said that. It was in some magazine. Somebody way smarter than me. Um, but yeah, you you can't please everyone. And if your goal is to please everyone, then you shouldn't be a church leader. You should try to be a politician, I guess. Yeah, I think we just I think we came to this point where we had to make a decision like are we going to stay on our mission? Um, especially cuz we had really quickly started to see like people aren't doing well <laughs> in the middle of this pandemic. Right. Like people aren't mental health I, I remember very quickly started to skyrocket, like domestic abuse had been, had hit records, like stuff like that. And I think we just came to this point where we're, we're like, man, people might be mad, but we, we got to do what we're here to do. And the other thing that I remember very specifically about it was we're going to start back. And if this turns into, and we'll talk about this later, what some people were saying was going to be a brand new super spreader event. Yeah. Then we would suspend services again. Um, there, there was no, there is no verse. There is no law telling us what we can and cannot do. So we're kind of learning here. But at the end of the day, you're never going to make everyone happy. It's just uh, 100% impossible. I love it. Um, so the third thing you learned here um, is that you just learned that you just eventually have to make a decision. Yes. That, in, go ahead. Well, because indecision is a decision to neglect your gift to lead. Ooh. Um, yeah. So one of the most challenging things it's about good. being a leader is, is the actual weight of making a decision. And I'll say this, Cole. Um, I've taught leadership now um, for 15, 20 years. And one of the things that I've always said is every church in America, and I believe this, and maybe even the world, but every church in America is two or three major decisions away from doubling in size. Hmm. Now, what's funny is those are different decisions for every church. But the, the even, not, well, not so funny thing about it is they're the most difficult things that the church has to decide to do. And so some people don't want to make a difficult decision. Let me, and let me pause real quick and say, for the record, I hate disappointing people. Like, I love it when everybody agrees. I like it when we go, hey, guys, let's, let's go to, we'll, we'll pick Sullivan's because it's a local restaurant that I love, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Sullivan's. And if everybody's like, yeah. And if there's that one person that goes, oh, man. I ate there last week. It, like that, that takes a little bit of wind out of yourselves. I mean, as a leader, if you love like lording it over people and powering up and just hitting people in the head with your decisions, <laughs> um, you need a therapist because, you know, Jesus <laughs> yeah. said we're supposed to lead through servanthood, which doesn't mean you're a doormat, by the way. Whole nother podcast, whole nother time. Right? That There's down, an Haley. idea. Haley's taking, Haley's taking notes. Mm-hmm. So all these wonderful notes you're reading are the result of Haley. Who would? Who is great? And but who would? And we never, love. Who would never ever do? Well, she might do a podcast, but she wouldn't come on stage for an interview. She might do a podcast. Ooh, yeah, she'd do a podcast. She probably would. Yeah. Anyway, um, the unwillingness getting back to the, the unwillingness to make hard decisions is what holds most churches, organizations, leaders back. Like for example, um, if you walk, like, let's say we walk into 
Bob's church. And Bob has a guy in his church who's got a paintbrush and a paint can, and the guy is painting a wall blue. And you look at Bob and go, hey, man, you painting your church blue? And Bob goes, no, man, we're not. That's Frank. He's got, a kind of, he's got his own ideas. And it, well, you should probably go tell um, him, you should probably go tell Frank to stop painting the wall blue. <laughs> and Bob goes, well, you know, I'm praying about it. I'm praying for Frank. I'm praying that God would let him see the right color. You know, okay. Every one of us knows that would be stupid. If tell Frank, you need to freaking quit painting the wall blue, you idiot. Paint your house blue, paint your car blue, paint your wife blue and call her a Smurf, but don't, <laughs> don't like stop it. But a lot of church leaders are like, well, if I just pray about him not painting the wall blue, then maybe he'll stop when you've actually need to walk about 10, 15 feet and have a hard conversation. That's more difficult. So the uncomfort, I think, is, is what makes making some of these decisions hard. Oh, 100%. Um, it, the uncomfortability of making a decision, knowing that it could be right, could be wrong. Um, some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. Um, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about like right or wrong here. Like, for example, for example, uh, I'll tell you who's somebody who did this very well. And even if people disagree with this man and his decision, um, he set an example in regards to leadership that is like, should be studied. Mm-hmm. Andy Stanley, um, and I don't know how far it was into the pandemic, but he and his leadership team made the decision to suspend in-person services at North Point and all their affiliate campuses for the rest of the year. Now, I heard a lot of people and saw a lot of people on social media um, come out in support of that, and I saw a lot of people come out against that. And I'm, I'm 100% sure that Andy didn't lose any sleep over it because at the end of the day, he made a decision. It was clear. It was specific. It was communicated well, and the entire church knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. And so we made the decision to open back up. For us, that was the right decision. So I'm not talking about right or wrong. I'm talking about make a decision, explain the why, and then follow through on that decision. Yeah. I mean, context is key. And I think this next point kind of wraps directly into that. Um, I mean, I'm sure Andy doesn't make those decisions on his own. No. uh, Which leads us to number four. You got to listen to the people closest to you. Yes, because... Your deci- every decision we make as a leader will impact other people. That's one of the things. You're, as a leader, even your personal decisions impact other people. You know, I, you know, I don't know if you heard about that, but a few years ago, I made some really bad personal decisions that impacted. I think I heard about yeah, it a couple it's, times. It's a, it's a rumor. Anyway, um, <laughs> on I, Google. Go, going back to Andy for a second, and he's got a way better podcast than mine, but going back to him for a second— um, he made that decision with his leadership team. Uh, for me, when we made the decision to open back up, I talked to two main groups of people. I talked to our staff. You'll remember we had, yeah. and we didn't just have one conversation. Many conversations. It. And it wasn't like, hey guys, this is what I'm going to do. Y'all are good with it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's not, a, that's not really a discussion. That's a, I just made a declaration. Tell me how awesome I am. <laughs> um, so I, I, I talked to our staff, and then I talked to our key volunteers. And about 90% of the people 
were on board. And we even had some internal pushback on our staff, like, okay, I mean, should we do this? Is this the right thing? And I didn't fight that. I wanted that I, because this decision. There were a lot of little decisions surrounding that decision as well. Like, do we do the temperature checks for the kid? You know what I mean? And so there right. was a lot of like, with that big decision, I think there's there a lot more conversation that had to be had. 100%. And what we discovered is, is once people, I, once again, this is a leadership quote. I don't know who said it. But um, I, I, it just sticks in my mind is before people buy in, they want to feel like they had the ability to weigh in. Mm. And the reason our staff and our key volunteers were so united and so fired up about opening back up was that they had been consulted. They had been asked their opinions. They that it had been a discussion, not a declaration. Oh, that was even good. the people, even myself. just to further that a little bit more, like. Even some of the people that chose that we would consider, I don't know, in our inner circle, I don't know what you would call that, but that we consulted back in those days that said, no, I'm not comfortable. I think they still even felt valued enough to, to later on when all this kind of settled down, some of those people have even come back and continued to buy in. And Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, because we communicated it during that, listen, this is the decision we made. It's the right decision for our church. If you feel like it's not the right decision for you, then we want you to continue to watch online and continue to join us. There was no shaming yeah. on, like if people watched online. In fact, Cole, the only people that were really unhappy, and I'm saying this, and I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm accurate here, the only people that were super, no, I am accurate, because the only <laughs> people that were super unhappy, like really pissed off, were people on social media, most of whom didn't even live in the state of South Carolina and had never attended our church. I would say probably almost unanimously that's, that would have been the case. I, I got called a, um, a killer, a murderer. Somebody compared me to Herod murdering all the babies. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and I took some time one day. I'm not, I'm not very proud of this. But I, I took some time to go into the social media dark wormhole and actually look at who some of these people are, like look at their social media profiles. And they're the most negative, um, mean-spirited, uh, probably demon-possessed people I've ever seen. I heard somebody explain it like this, and it's so beautiful. Let's say you walk in, into a room of 100 people and you ask this group of people, how many of you have had a wonderful day today? And 90 people raised their hand. And you go, leave the room. And you got 10 people left. How many of you had a bad day? Um, okay, how many of you had the worst day ever and you just hate life? And six people raised their hand. And you kick all 94 out of the people, uh, other people out of the room and you have these six people. We call that Twitter. Yes. That's who these people are. They're the most miserable, angry People and and a lot of pastors will will stop listening to their own staff or their own because of um which Twitter is just a garbage dump right now, man. But like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. If you're a pastor, what are you doing on Snapchat? What are you What are you doing, man? You need to knock that off. Anyway, so I mean, there's all kinds of. But we will listen to them. In fact, I've got a friend that owns a restaurant, really good friend. And he was bothered by a negative Google review that somebody had left at his restaurant. 
and we were sitting there at his computer and I said, do you mind if I drive? You know, so I took it because, well, you know me, I like to drive anyway. Yeah. But I took his computer and I clicked on the person. I pulled up the, their profile and this person had left, I think, eight or nine one-star reviews at, at, at various restaurants. They, they had never left a five-star review yeah. anywhere. And I'm like, you're letting the one-star review guy hijack the fact that you just had the the greatest season of sales in the history of your restaurant. Why do you why do you think why do you think there's a temptation for us to run over the 96 people that love us to try to please the four people that hate us? Because the is four people that, no, well yeah, part of it is insecurity, but here's the 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 four people that hate us are are the loudest people. Oh. So if you take if the 96 people that love us I've got this saying, Cole, and it works. This is a joke you can drop at any church leadership conference. It just works. On Sunday, when you're done preaching, normal people go home. (laughs) Am I right? The the people that are going to track you down to talk to you about pedo-baptism who, by the way, it's usually the 19-year-old guy who's not even married and probably never will ever, ever have sex in his life. <laughs> but he wants to talk to you about Sucks how you him. feel. Yeah, I, I, I asked a guy one time, I'm like, are you, do you have a baby? No. Are you married? No. Then why does this even matter to you, Bible Boy 182 on Twitter? Because I, I know who you are. Um, I'm, I'm just saying we, they, they're the loudest. Yeah. And, and sometimes in church, unfortunately, the, the loudest, what is it, the loudest, squeaky wheel the squeakiest wheel gets the most attention or some something stupid i don't even know what wd-40 here in the south (laughs) um but when when people get loud we feel we feel like and i know i've fallen into this trap when people get loud i think the loud people are the majority and often people the loud people are just the people that are bitter angry self-centered self-focused and would never, ever have a face-to-face conversation with you about how they really feel. Those are the people I listen to. The people that care enough to either break off a phone call or ask, can we have a conversation? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we listen to those people. Mm -hmm. And then uh, number five, lastly, we have don't fight to get things back to quote-unquote normal. Yeah. So for me, I heard... So many pastors and church leaders saying, we got to set a new normal. And I hated that, but they were right, you know? Yeah. So I remember our first Sunday, but pre-COVID, so pre-COVID, we were meeting in, we call it the liquor store. So side note, for those of you that <laughs> keep up with Second Chance, we, we had a facility that we met in before we moved to our current facility. Um, it was about... 10, 11,000 square feet. We could see to what, three, 350 people. Yeah. And uh, we were in four services, three morning, one night service. We were averaging about 1,000, 1,100 people every Sunday. We were blowing and going, rocking I mean, and we rolling. We packed that place and it was, to the brim. And, and the reason we call it the liquor store is because you can't make this up. <laughs> it is now a liquor store. <laughs> Like when we moved out, they rented it out, and it's now a liquor store. So we just refer to it as what the liquor it is. store. I yep. mean, because that's what it is. And, yep. and I and people are like, I've had people tell me, Perry, you can't joke about that. Okay, pause. It's my freaking life. If you're so sensitive that me joking about me bothers you, 
Look up the word snowflake in the dictionary and you will find your picture. I, I, that's Amen. Not, that's nowhere in my notes. Um, but yeah, so so I thought, man, we, we finished at 1,000, 1,100. We're going to have that many on the first Sunday. And I remember the first Sunday back, we had like 500 people. It was a tough pill to swallow. It was, it was one of those things where you get up in front of your people and you go, it's so awesome to be here. And then you walk off stage and throw up because, yeah. And then, and then the next Sunday we had like 600. So we, but it was one of those things, um, that we didn't realize it at the time, Cole. Uh, but that number, having half our people come back was super strong. I mean, we, we defied the normal right back then i mean i st- i would say we still are and i think god's been so good yeah we we went past so since then we moved in so what's funny is and this is another podcast for another time we moved into a brand new facility like during covid this was being built and we're now way past our pre covid numbers and we have been for a while but we were we were comparing um we were comparing our numbers to what they were pre covid and it wasn't the same world. It wasn't apples to apples or oranges to oranges. Or um, why does it always have to be a fruit? Why can't we I don't say know. Hershey bars to Hershey bars? I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I guess but chicken wings. Yeah, I don't know. Chicken wings to chicken come wings. On. There you go. Um, but one of the things that taught me is, and this, God taught me this lesson probably two or three weeks in, when I'm complaining to him, uh, I don't know if you do this, but I complain to God sometimes, but I'm complaining yep. to God about how few people we have, and God just hits me with, why don't you just pause and be thankful for what you have in front of you? Mm. And it took, me, um, it took me to John 3 immediately. Let me pause real quick. Not every thought always takes me to Scripture. I don't want to, I want to put off that vibe, but I just, I just went to John chapter 3 where people came to John the Baptist and they said, people are leaving us and going over there, and John the Baptist goes, you know what, we can only receive... What God gives us, and mm-hmm. you know, He must increase, I must decrease, and so I was like, "Well, God, we're definitely decreasing." Um, but if John the Baptist, in that moment, modeled what we're supposed to do and have a thankful heart, then that's what we need to do as leaders. Instead of focusing on what we used to have, pause, thank God for what's right in front of you, because gratitude really will help you break through those mental. Um, fogs that you have, the negative self-talk, the worry, the doubt that we all deal with as leaders. So don't fight to get things back to normal. Thank God for what you have, and then take steps to move forward from there. Real quick, I I think something that you've done a really good job at leading us in, um, especially during the pandemic, all that stuff, um, was you used the language, (laughs) we're going to do the best we can with what we with what we've been given. Yep. And that's kind of like a foundation that our church has been built off of. And I think that's kind of what you're talking here is like talking about here is like whatever it is you have at your church or organization right now like all you can do is the best with what you've been given. Which once again, I'm getting so many podcast ideas right now. That leads <laughs> into um when Moses was getting ready to go before Pharaoh and he sees the burning bush 
you know, which had to be so cool, like the burning bush. He comes yeah. and tells people, I saw a burning bush. There was this plant that was on fire in there. And I would be like, were you smoking the plant that was on fire? Like, what are you doing here? But God asked Moses, hey, what is that you have in your hand? Staff. That's where he started. That's where he started. And so for us, we kind of started the church with that mentality is, you know what? We, anybody, Cole, anybody on the planet can say if we had more staff and more money, we could do more. Well, of course you could. Mm-hmm. But when you start blaming what you can and can't do on staff and resources, which there's an element of truth to that, mm-hmm. but when it's always staff and resources that just proves that you're not willing to dig down and get creative with what God has put in your hand. Yep. So that thing that Moses had in his hand wound up being the thing that parted the Red Sea. Um, but he just he didn't know it at the time, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, Perry, that's number five. Do you have anything you'd like to close close us out with? Any last things you'd like to talk to talk to our people about? I just think that COVID was one of those seasons that, as we look back on, we're going to continue to learn more and more about it. Like, who do we trust? Who who do we not trust? But at the end of the day, um, it it really was, and I'm not. This isn't just Jesus talk. It really was a great thing as far as leadership to actually focus on what we've got, learn how to make hard decisions, and just be super thankful for everything that we've been given. Mm. Sound good? I love it, man. All right. Well, thank you once again for listening to Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor us, you can email us. (laughs) What's our email? Philip at... No, 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 no. (laughs) no, Just kidding. You can... You can, can we do podcast at my at secondchanceis.com? Can we do that, Ed? So so just email us podcast at secondchance.is. We came up with that on the podcast spot. Podcast at we're making this up as we go. Podcast at secondchance.is. Some of y'all are like, second chance is exactly. Um, shoot it if you want to, if you want to sponsor us, or if you have a leadership question for Cole, you can email us there. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com. Whoa, 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 whoa.